Welcome to Spiritual Fertility. I am your host, Allison Buckland. I am a mother to a miracle and a highly intuitive and transformational teacher, coach, and healer. I believe that each of our life experiences shape us, providing valuable lessons from which we can transform, expand, and evolve in this lifetime. When we are armed with the right tools to bring about our own self-awareness and shine a light upon some of our most darkest experiences, we then begin to experience an awakening and rebirth, a reinvention of ourselves and the conscious awareness to take action and co-create the path ahead. Join me each week and listen in to hear my guests' impactful stories along with their empowering tools to ignite and inspire. I'm providing a supportive, fun, and collaborative space to collectively initiate and motivate change within you, spark your curiosity, and bring hope and inspiration to your own soul's path. I'm excited for you to join me and see what we can discover. Hello and welcome back to Spiritual Fertility. This is your host, Allison Bucklin, and I have a lovely guest with me today. We have, oh my goodness, we have an action-packed conversation for you because we have a lot of similar connections in life, and she is a mother, and she is going to talk about, and we are going to share about rebirth first and foremost the multiple rebirths that we experience we're going to talk about religion we're going to talk about spirituality we're going to talk about business we're going to talk about death and pivotal moments that happen in our life we're going to talk about the mlm space um, the former mlm space for both of us and so uh you'll want to continue tune in for this continued conversation and my guest um is amanda and i'll let her introduce yourself further but she is my cousin-in-law she is my husband's second cousin or something like that and um a while back um she had had a podcast that i was a guest on and we are both definitely aligned when it comes to helping others contributing to the world and really reaching our higher level the intention that will come forth through this podcast episode is that of surrender to simply surrender to be mindful of and listen to that inner voice, that higher self that is speaking to you, that definitely gets pushed down over the years, whether it's through outsiders or what we've been taught or what we've been told or that negative self-talk, but to listen to that inner voice moving you on in your journey and to surrender to what lies ahead. So Amanda, you even have a new last name now, girlfriend. You've been married since we last talked, so I'll let you introduce yourself and share a little bit about what it is that you do now, and then we can move forward. Sure. I'm Amanda. Amanda Fauber is my last name, which is still, I'm still in, I just literally just got married. So I still, sometimes I had to go to the pharmacy yesterday and they were like, what's your last name? And I was like, Amanda Allen, just kidding. That is not my last name. And I know that they were probably like, this girl doesn't even know who she is. Like what? But I'm Amanda Fauber. I am actually a women's business coach. I help women create a business around their passions and market their own products related to that, that they created themselves. And I am so passionate about what I do because like Allison said, I have been through so many things in the online space, especially that really full circle moment have crafted me into the woman that I am, but also my expertise and what I do. So I'm super grateful to be a part of this and just to have a chance to share. This is the first time that I've shared my story as far as my business goes. So 
it's a new territory for me, but I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. We were speaking beforehand um, about that pivotal moment that really started to open you up to understand that there's more to life. So share a little bit about your late sister and how that experience did open you up. Sure. So I was in an MLM before. And so that's when I really started hearing things about like your mindset and things that weren't something that I was accustomed to growing up. I have a very religious background. My dad's a pastor. And so I didn't grow up hearing that your words are powerful and that your thoughts are powerful. I didn't know. So that's when I really started understanding that there was more. I just didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how much more there was, right? So I, in 2019, my sister passed away. She actually passed away from a drug overdose. And I, my sister, she was six years younger than me. So she was like, sort of like my first child, you know, um, But at the same time, she was my best friend. She was like the rock, you know, that I could always go to with all the hard things. And she would always, you know, affirm that like, this is okay. You're going to be okay. And so when she passed away, she passed what she passed away from a drug overdose. And to everyone's knowledge, my sister wasn't a drug. We didn't know. We didn't know. We had no idea. And so not only was it dealing with like the fact that she was gone, but it was how did this happen? How did we not know? How did we not pay attention? How did we not see that there was something wrong? And when she passed away, it truly was the moment where unfortunately, like so many people, it's the moment that we have to experience that if we don't experience it, we'll never wake up. We'll never wake up. But that was the moment that made me realize that all the things that I'd done in my life up to that point, the house and the car and the cute kid and the, you know, the business that was so great on social media, um, all the accolades that I had done weren't important. None of that even mattered. It was all about how I was making people feel and how much I was seeing people and how much I was hearing people. And I remember, so I don't know if we talked about this before, but this is one of the stories that I share because it was the moment, the actual minute after she had passed away, we were dealing with like investigators. And I mean, it was just terrible. It was terrible. And, um, I was just begging her like, sis, can you please just tell me what happened? Cause I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And I wasn't probably at that time willing to admit that I wasn't seeing things for what they were. And I wasn't thinking of where she was. I was just thinking of what she was doing for me, if I'm being honest. So I was just, I spent all this time just like begging, like, sis, please just tell me what happened to you. I need to understand. I I, I, I can't, I can't just move on from this. I don't understand. And I had a dream that we were, we were like in a bar or something and she had been drinking and I was talking to her. We were both in the same building, but I was talking to her on the phone, which was very typical for our relationship because she lived like three hours away. Um, And I was like, you know, I just, you know, I want to know how you're going to get home because you've been drinking. And I was being very motherly to her. Um, And she said to me in the dream, and I can still hear it 
just as if she actually said this to me as fresh as literally like she just said it. She said, Hey sis, before I let you go, I want to tell you something, live like it matters and stop wasting time. And that was, I'm going to try not to cry, but that was the moment for me. I woke up and I sat up in the bed and I had to take my daughter to school that day. And I was, I was like, I'm not taking her to school. I'm not getting out of this bed. I'm not doing anything. This like how I don't understand. And for people who don't believe in like the spiritual side of what we experience, like, I know that that was her telling me that I had wasted so much time that I was, I was trying to win. I was trying to win at life by having the house and the car and the marriage and the kid and the clothes and be number one and be on the leaderboards. And none of that was important because I wasn't doing anything to impact anyone. I wasn't helping anyone. I wasn't making a difference in anyone's life. I wasn't teaching my own daughter, I was teaching her that the things were important. And from that moment on, I swore that my business would be about seeing women, hearing women, helping them actually do the things that they were created to do. And I, I know, there's some people I know, they think I'm crazy when I talk about this, but I swear to you, like, I know that that was her coming to me saying, first of all, stop worrying about me. Okay, this is over with. But on the other hand, you've been worried about this all this time. Like, stop, wake up. So that honestly is the point in my business where things started to feel a little bit different. Things started to shift. And it was a big moment. That was that was the moment in my life. That also was the moment that I realized that I was in a marriage that very like toxic patterns and I was wasting time. You were still married at that time. Yes, I was still married. Okay. And um, after, after my sister had passed away, there was a lot of things. I mean, marriage was not good anyways, but there was so many things. I was just in a, in a marriage where there was no emotional support at all. And rather than supporting and helping each other, really, because my ex-husband also loved Kristen. It wasn't just me. I mean, she was my sister. And of course, he can't possibly understand the love that I felt. But he also grew up with her. He also loved her. I look back at that now. I was angry at the time because I felt like he didn't care you know, and he was just like, you just need to move on and you just need to, but that's how he was dealing with it. And I was angry about it, but his grief wasn't about my grief and they weren't the same. So I was married, but that honestly was one of the most pivotal moments also in my marriage where I was like, I've been watering dead grass. I've been watering dead grass. And it wasn't, I mean, I had no plan. I had no, I I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to start my life over. Like I'm starting again because I don't have time. And it was that fire that it took. It took me feeling, and I still feel that to this day. And I know that that's repercussions of grief, that urgency. Like I have to get this done and I have to do this. And I have to, I always have that urgency in me. And that's why. And I'm grateful for that on one hand, but I also recognize where it comes from. When I say it was a pivotal moment, I'm talking about every aspect of my life. We baselined. For sure. And going back to the surrendering to your journey, because we can't predict those things are going to happen that that send us on these different paths that we have to go through. And so you started over, um, you were in your business at the time, but you started over 
to separate yourself from your now ex-husband. Um, and then tell us about, about that, because you started over on your own and we're still doing this business, but yet at the same time, we're starting to feel these disconnects. And I know about your history and um, growing up in the Bible Belt and what you were taught and wait a second, going back to saying how people would think you were crazy, like hearing your sister communicate this way to you through your dream. I get that, it's totally real, this happens. But when you're taught your whole life that this is really strange and I don't need to look at that, um, go into starting over and then maybe a little bit about your business in MLM and when the things started to click for when you kind of realized that that this really wasn't how you were wanted to spend your time, especially as you were moving through life on your own, but also you know meeting a new man and now you are remarried and have another child. So um, tell us a little bit about that. So funny story, I'm going to start with, well, when I got divorced, it was very, um, it was like, it was a textbook divorce. Okay. It was nasty. It was ugly. Everybody was angry and there were so many hard feelings, but it was also literally less than a year after my sister passed away. So we were all, and I say all because it affected everyone. It affected my parents. It affected my sister, my other sister. Um, it obviously affected my child. It affected all of us so much, but we were all still deep in that grief. And then here comes this like huge blow. And um, it's just crazy how things work out. I was at the lawyer's office and my now husband is uh, the court liaison here. So he's kind of back and forth out of the lawyer's offices, courthouse all the time. And I saw him and I've known him for 20 years, but I saw him and he was like, oh, hey, how are you? And I was like, well, I'm really good. How are you? And he told me that his brother unexpectedly passed away the same month that Kristen passed away. And I was like, I had no, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And we kind of had like checked in on each other from that point, you know, just it was nice to have someone that understood and maybe not understood your exact feelings, but someone who just knew what you, what you were going through. And so, I don't know, it's just really crazy how that worked out. But whenever me and Todd got together, um, <laughs> he's a little bit older than me. And he, he always says that he feels like everyone thinks he's my dad and whatever, but he totally does not look old. But whenever we got together, he was in that he was also going through the same thing I was going through, restarting his life. Like when I tell you he had nothing, okay, he didn't even have furniture, like, but he didn't care. He was in the same place that I was with, we literally do not care what we have to do. We have to move forward. We have to, whatever it takes. And so he, but he was that spontaneous like did not have anything together, had no money. He was my sister. And for me, that's what I saw in him was like that, that piece of her that was just so not put together. And for me, it was the piece of her that I tried to mother. I took care of her. I would try to help her. I would send her money and I would try to help her get things together. So my parents wouldn't know for him, it brought back that piece of her because I wanted that connection with someone, you know, like I wanted to help someone start their life. That's what I wanted. So anyways, I don't know. It's weird because 
I know that probably sounds so weird, but I know that there was some sort of something in the works because he was, he became to me what she was. Because in my marriage, I didn't have a best friend in my husband. I didn't have support. I didn't have any of that. I had that in her because she was the person I talked to about all of the, everything, everything, my business, my Riley, my marriage, um, anything. And Todd became that. And it was, it was like for a little while, the, the piece that I was missing so much and I was grieving so hard over was here again. And so, um, our relationship went from zero to a hundred really fast. Cause I got pregnant uh-huh. and unexpectedly and, uh, in like two months. And, um, I was so angry during that time. I felt like I had finally gotten the pieces together, right? Like I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do. And I was like, I don't understand. Like this was not part of the plan. This is not part of the plan. And when I found out I was pregnant, my sister passed away on September the 2nd. And my due date was September the 3rd. And whenever I, I'm, it was just a rough time in my life. But when I went to the doctor and I had like the ultrasound and they tell you like what the date is or whatever, she said the date. And it's like, in my head, I was like, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. So I always tell people, and I, again, for the potential for me to sound really crazy, I do not care, but I really do believe that my sister's spirit is in my daughter because I needed her. I needed her. We all needed her, but I really do believe that. Take that for what it is. But that's another, like everything just, it's so weird how everything worked out. And if you don't, if you're in that, like where you grow up with the very strict thought patterns and this, you know, everything is so black and white. If you don't allow yourself to see things in the gray, you won't see the magic that's all around you. You won't see it, but it's that those little things that literally kept me going when I, so after all of this started happening, I was pregnant, literally restarted my life, empty house with a mattress and box spring on the floor. Like when I say restarted my life, I mean, from ground zero, here we go. And I was working this business and I trained myself to think that I loved the business because that's what I grew up doing. I trained myself to think that this is what I had to do and this was how it was supposed to be. And I think that sometimes I talk about this a lot in business. That is how we are all groomed to be like, we're supposed to be followers. We're not groomed to be leaders. And I knew that my business, something was weird, you know, but I'd, I was just focusing on getting from moment to moment at this point in my life. Right. So I was doing selling makeup and I was, you know, portraying this beautiful vision of my business. And in the back of my head, I was like, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. How am I supposed to provide for my children selling $50 mascara? Okay. Like that does not make sense. Okay. And I knew that I was telling myself in my head, I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-mm. But I was fighting it. I was fighting it for so long. And then I was telling, like I was telling you earlier, the most pivotal moment in my business for me, for me to be like, okay, like I have been manifesting this this whole entire time because I was thinking these things and I was saying them. I was journaling all of this stuff about having a six figure business and coaching women to do X, Y, and Z. And I had earned a trip with this company. And me and Todd were supposed to go. We were going to Tulum and we had gotten plane tickets. We, I mean, the whole trip was planned. 
drove three hours to get to the airport and they would not let us on the plane. We were not late. There was no earthly reason why they would not let us on this plane, but they were not letting us on. They were like, no, sorry. Oh, and so I'm like, okay, sure. Can we get a flight tomorrow? Whatever. Like, we'll just work it out. And they were like, we don't have any. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is insane. Like this doesn't happen. So we ended up staying in St. Louis for the weekend and doing like some really, we went to the Basilica. It's really cool. If you grew up the way that we grew up and that kind of stuff uh, piques your interest, you should definitely go. But we just like toured the city and we went to the casino and, you know, we just did fun stuff and we got home. And after like the anger of me not sipping margaritas on the beach wore off, um, I looked back and realized that this whole entire, all of that time leading up to then I had been asking for God to take me out of places I was not supposed to be away from people I wasn't supposed to be with to align me with what was for me. And that happened because I wasn't supposed to be there. I wasn't supposed to be around those people. And I wasn't supposed to be in that culture anymore. And that was in January. And that's when I launched my first digital product. And it's really crazy because I launched my first digital product on money mindset and how the patterns that we have growing up affects the way that we think about money, which in turn affects the way that we receive money. And so it was a total flop. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wasn't doing makeup anymore. And so it took me losing so much of my business, mind you, that fed my kids to the point that there was no money coming in. There was none. I was living out of savings and I was like, okay, like I know that this is going to come to an end. So what am I going to do? Because as a mom, we instinctually, you're, you're caring for your family. Like our first thought is how is this going to affect my kids? So I was like, I, I, I didn't know what to do other than surrender. And I was like, I don't care if I have the six figure business. I don't care if I'm on the leaderboards. I don't care if I get to the stage. I don't care about any of that. I just want to be able to feed my kids, help me feed my kids. And in the next 30 days, I made $10,000 in my business. And I was like, okay, something's going on. Like this is real, right? I mean, that, I mean, it's been a whirlwind ever since, but I ended up generating literally twice my yearly income in like three or four months. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's just been crazy, but none of that would have happened without that pivotal moment, without losing my sister and God pushing me into what I had to recognize in order to be able to do what I'm doing now with the purpose. Because if I was trying to do what I do now without the purpose behind it, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It's just crazy. It is really crazy how everything just fell. I'll say so perfectly. It was very messy, but so perfectly aligned to get me where I feel this is not the end of the road. I know, but to get me to where I am at least. Yeah. Well, when you look back, you can see all of the things that brought you to this point. Um, One thing that really stood out to me when you were speaking about your business or about anything with regards to religion or how we're brought up is I was trained to think that I was trained to think that I was trained to think that and that's the basically the indoctrination that comes like we're told how we're supposed to think or what we're supposed to feel but until we become conscious and awake and aware and it takes that dark night of the soul and it takes that those dark moments to like crack us open a bit to realize wait is this my think or is this what I've been told I need to think, especially when it comes to 
multi-level marketing. And because I have experience in that world as well, now on the outside, recognizing that that did not align with not only the business model did not align with what I wanted for myself and my life, but how I would change who I was to fit into a mold that I thought that I needed to be because of what I was told or was taken advantage of or was um, was really taken advantage of now on the outside thinking and how I became the person that took advantage of even subconsciously. Now I realize, oh, if there was like an ulterior motive to everything. And I know you can relate to this um, because there was an ulterior motive to everything. And now you are in a place where you're you've stepped outside of that you stepped away you were in a place where you lingered in both for a while but it took you realizing from you know one of the people who started you in the business that um why don't you explain kind of how that went down and how you realize that wait mm, yeah this isn't how i want to operate and now you operate from a place of helping other women find things that are really aligned to what their purpose is and that they can listen to their own voice on the inside and create a business and create income to help their families or to help whatever their vision is for their life stay forward. So share a little bit about that. I So in my experience in MLM, I when I got into my business, I was um, in a place in my life where I just had my daughter, my oldest daughter, and I was in a bad marriage. I was very alone. Um, and I was also feeling so misunderstood because I, in respect to like being brought up in a very religious household, um, I have a very strong faith, but it looks different than what I was taught it was supposed to look like. And so growing up, I always felt different. Like I don't know how to explain that other than I just always felt different. And going into my business, I was alone because I couldn't lean on the people that uh, indoctrinated me. I couldn't. And so I was in a marriage where I was just very, it was not good. There was no support. And I had just had my daughter and I maybe was dealing with some postpartum things. Um, But again, that wasn't allowed that wasn't real, you know? So we weren't allowed to acknowledge those things. So going in, I was craving validation. I was craving community. I was just craving to be with someone who understood and uplifted me. And that's what I found. I genuinely did find a group of women who uplifted and empowered and validated. That was the mission of the company I was in. We uplift, empower, and validate. And it took a lot of years for me to step outside of that and see I wasn't being uplifted, empowered and validated. I was contributing, but I can look back and see, like you said, hindsight's 2020. And I can look back and see that I needed to go through that because if I hadn't have found that I wouldn't have gotten to the place where I was learning about being self-aware and learning about uncovering things in myself because that wasn't allowed in the way that I grew up. So I had to go through that because that's where I found those things. But I look back and it like, I know this is like something young kids say, but it is so cringe. Okay. It is so cringy because I look back and see some of the things that, like you said, subconsciously I was doing to other people. I was treating people like they were numbers and I was looking at people like they were numbers and I was a number. I was a number in the system. And now 
I truly can help women build a business that is all about them. It is all about the things that they've gone through and the superpowers that they have, because we all have those. We're not supposed to, we're taught we're not supposed to have those, but we do. We all have those divine gifts. And I teach women how to use their divine gifts and how to monetize them because in the real world, the world that we live in, it takes money. We have to have money. Money's not important at all, but in order for us to live and also in order for us to impact in the way that we want to impact, I always said (laughs) whenever, like I remember before I started being extremely fruitful in my business, I was like, you know, I, whenever I have, you know, this dollar amount in my business, I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to pay for the person in front of me's groceries. And I'm going to sponsor a family every year for Christmas. And I, you know, I would just say all these things that I wanted to do. And it was me telling myself that I was going to do good with the money because money was not good. So I was going to make it good. And now that I'm in a place where I am generating multiple five figures per month in my business, I don't feel those things anymore. And I don't feel my dad made the comment to me, this, I might be getting off topic, but my dad made the comment to me. Um, I was talking to him about my business one day and he was like, you know, I just don't understand how you can make that much money. Like that's stupid money. And I was like, but this is what you work so hard for. Like, this is what you preach to us. We needed to get a college degree and we needed to have a good job so we could be financially stable. These are the things that we were taught. And I'm doing that, not using anything that I paid so greatly to learn, (laughs) but I'm doing that. And because it's not normal, because it's not what we were taught, it's stupid. It's stupid money, right? So it's just crazy how when you get to the place where you've you finally have gotten all the things that all these years have slowly been manifesting and you didn't even realize it sometimes they slowly have been manifesting. It's so crazy how you, I was doing a lot of what I wanted and a lot of what I was doing was before was to please my parents. I wanted them to be proud of me and I wanted them to see the money and I wanted them to see the success. And when I got it, I thought when I have that, that's when they'll be proud of me. My parents were already proud of me. Like, I know they are, but that's what I thought. That's when they'll be proud of me. And when I got there, it was the instant like, well, that's stupid, you know? So no, it's not at all, but it goes back to, I, in MLM, I was alone when I started that. I was alone mentally. And so now I built myself, I listened to myself so intently now that I know I don't even care about how much money I'm making, but I also don't care to have the validation from my parents or I don't care to have the validation from, you know, at the time I wanted it from my ex-husband or whatever. Like it doesn't even matter to me anymore because I know that what I'm doing has absolutely nothing to do with that. What I'm doing is helping women spend time that is so important where it matters and they need money to do that. So I'm helping them and it's about the time and it's not about the accolades. Well, tell um, folks that are listening as we wrap it up that may want to get in touch with you. Tell them about what is the name of your business? What do you do? What do you specialize in and how they might get in touch with you? Sure. So my business is actually branded Officially Amanda. That is what you can you can find me at Officially Amanda on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. I specialize in social media strategy. I'm actually at a point where so I'm shifting in my business again. I feel like my life is just one 
one constant shift after the next, uh, which is what it's supposed to be, right? I'm actually, um, I had gone through a few things where I had actually lost my social media after building up this huge business that was so successful. I lost my social media and I was like, this is not working. I was very frustrated at the time, but hindsight's 2020. And now I can see that I was moving in a direction that wasn't giving me time freedom. I was moving in a direction that was so time consuming. And I'm supposed to be teaching women how to have time freedom so they can spend it where it matters. So I'm actually moving into, I'm coaching on passive income and how to build lead magnet systems. I feel sometimes I I forget that some people don't care about business as much as I do. I live and breathe it, but I coach on lead magnet systems and how to generate money literally in your sleep because that is a real thing. We're not taught that that's a real thing, but it is a thing if you're willing to set up the system. So I coach on systems and strategy to help you scale your business to 10, uh, 10 to five figures a month, 10 figures a month, if you want 10 figures, I guess. So um, that is currently who I'm working with is women who have a business or have launched or even have an idea, but they just don't know how to get the systems in place to generate the income. You can find me on any social media. I have um, a lot of products that can help guide you and whatever. But I also do offer one-on-one coaching, which is where I really love to be because I love to connect. So awesome. We will share all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming online um, and talking and sharing your story. And I know people are going to relate to that, not only with grief and loss and rebirth and transformation and motherhood and like really finding something that passionate about that you want to do. And as we come to a close, I just want to invite all of the people who are listening to uh, review the show, like and subscribe and uh, share it with somebody who you might think benefit. And that way we can help more women um, on their spiritual path, on their fertility journey, on their transformation journey to know that um, they can do it and that all is good in their life. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you.